Hi everybody, Patty Negri here, psychic, medium, and good witch. Welcome to the Witching Hour. We have a great show for you tonight. I have the beautiful Heather Green, and she has written a wonderful book called Lights, Camera, Witchcraft, all about witches in the movies since the beginning of movies. Can you guess which my favorite is? Mm, we'll get back to that later. Three guesses and the first two don't count. <laughs> but let me get you caught up on the week first before I bring you in Heather Green. I just got back from, if you're listening to this in real time on the 28th of June, um, I just got back from Las Vegas and the Babylon Vampire Ball with Father Sebastian and lots of friends. It was beautiful. Everybody dressed to the nines and silks and satins and 117 degree temperatures, but we didn't leave outside because you really can't go outside in 117 degrees when you're wearing top hat tails and beautiful long gowns, but it was amazing. We were in the foundation room at the House of Blues, 63rd floor of the Mandalay Bay. I did a seance in the foundation room. I must say that is my highest up seance to the heavens I've ever done. And it was beautiful. Spirits came, people came, they laughed, they cried. Um, they got some closure and information, which is really great in the middle of a dance party when we had great shows. We had a ritual by Kadrick Olson, um, all around magic. And before that, we actually had a high tea. Again, a whole different set of dressy pinkies up, teas, scones, cookies, and little sandwiches. So um, if you ever go to Vegas, go when the vampires are there. We're very elegant and fun but stay out of the sun. <laughs> also tonight, tonight, if you are listening to this on June 28th, when first released, come back. I'm doing a live stream at the Hotel Leger. If any of you paranormal people know the Hotel Leger, it is one of the most haunted old mining hotels. It's in Northern California. Um, and I'm doing a seance real time, uh, you there, me there in the scary, scary basement where all sorts of things used to happen. So that is this evening. You can go to spiritrealm.something. I think it's .net or .com. Anyway, you'll find it. Spirit Realm. It's on all my social media. Ah, it's .something. Um, and that is tonight. It is completely free. So join me. Whatever I see, you see in real time. Actually, I would love for you to tell me to, what you see that I don't see. Because if I'm going to be sitting there going, woo, talking to spirits, Tell me when there's something behind my head. Tell me when there's something over there. So I need you. Join in on Thursday for my classes for all my beautiful students, my $10 Thursday classes through House of Intuition. I am teaching a divination class. A divination, you say, that is working with tarot cards, working with pendulums, working with dowsing rods, working with crystal balls, forms of divination to tell the future. Um, if you, whether or not you do divination, it's going to be a really great class. Also to help open up your own psychic gifts because you have them, uh, within this class. $10 Thursday, you could sign up online through House of Intuition. Again, all my social media. And I don't have a Sunday class this week because it's 4th of July. Yes, let's celebrate our independence of slowly coming out of this pandemic by celebrating our freedom. So I'm not teaching, but why don't you celebrate with your friends, with your families? Now, I am a puppy person, as you know. So remember to keep your dogs, keep your cats, keep your chickens, keep your gerbils inside because they get really scared with all the noises. Because even if you live somewhere like I do, Los Angeles, where we can't do fireworks, 
people do. So keep them inside. It gets really scary. So do your own magic. Do some puppy protection magic. Do some kitty protection magic. Celebrate safe and sane. Okay, so here we are for the most important part of her day, the willow update. Yay! Beautiful willow has reached six pounds and 12 weeks, and we're starting to work on a leash. Mostly chew on a leash, but we're going to pretty much get that we're going to walk on it. Oh, look at our nails. I got my nails done for the first time in over a year since the pandemic. And so next we're going to have to get willows. She's got pretty gothy black nails like all the vampire girls. So what color should we go? Pretty pink? Pretty red? I don't know. Anyway, she uh, just got back from her first road trip. She did really good. She's doing pretty darn good with the PP pads, but we prefer going outside because that's just what big dogs do. Um, anyway, she likes the shower, even when she's not supposed to. She likes the water, and she's a pretty great girl. She's been an angel most days. So the devil dog was last week. Okay. <sighs> This week's magic, we are going to do beauty magic, bathroom magic, glamour magic, since we are talking about Hollywood movies. And so what is more Hollywood movies than a little bit of self-care and beauty? I'm going to tell you about a secret about Hollywood. It's called putting on a glamour. Putting on a glamour. What is that you say? That is when you're at the grocery store, you're out shopping, you forgot to brush your hair, you were in your worst sweats, you just were working out and you run into your ex, or you run into somebody that you have a crush on, or you run into your boss or something like that, and you wanna hide, you wanna really hide, you wanna really hide. Remember that everything is energy. We work on this every week. If you take my classes here at the Witching Hour classes, all the energy we put off is what they are going to see before they even see if you brushed your hair or put on your lip gloss yet. So if that happens and you are seeing somebody walking down the frozen food aisle and you are not looking like you want to look, I want you to count to three. One, two, three. I want you to picture this big, oh, almost a Wizard of Oz puzzle, or you're going like this. Put on the most beautiful. See little magical beauty dust rippling down all around you. Picture your hair looking perfect. Picture your face looking perfect. Picture you wearing your very best outfit. Keep walking. That person is going to see you a little bit in your best outfit, as weird as that is. The energy we put out, and we do this in all kinds of magics, is just as strong as what they see, what they hear, what we say, and what we do. So practice putting on a glamour when you're out and about. Another thing you can do other than the glamour is you can make yourself invisible. Hmm. Not literally, but almost. Say, I started out with my production company that I ran. It was like kamikaze theater. We had never, ever really had a real theater. So we're in a banquet hall here. We're in a theater there. We're in whatever. So if an actor had to get from this side of the stage to that side of the stage, I would say invisibly get to stage left. So at first, maybe my less witchy actors would go, I don't know how to invisibly get there. Same thing. Picture yourself. I say count to three or do a little hand movement or something that shows one, two, three. Put a big cloak of invisibility over yourself. And guess what? Pull all your energy in. Remember, we have auras that go out. We have everything that go out. Pull all your energy in. Put a big invisibility cloak right over you and walk through. 
and 90% of the people are not going to see you. Now, we do that sometimes in life when we shouldn't. How many of you like try to hide away when you should be standing out? So, you know, when you go out, be aware of the energy you're putting out. Feel beautiful, you will look beautiful. Feel happy, you will look happy, and then you will be happy. That is my very, very, very best beauty advice. Let's move into the bathroom, shall we? That's where most of us get ready. Um, Put a charm on your mirror. Mirrors are magic. We talk about that all the time. Mirrors are portals to the other worlds. All your mirrors, charm them. We have weird visions about ourselves. Almost everybody in this country has some form of body dysmorphia. You think you're fatter than you are. You think you're thinner than you are. You have no idea what you look like. It's sad, but it's true. So you want a little better view and you want a positive view. Go from mirror to mirror like you are have a magic wand or something. I am chanting this mirror that I see my best me. I see my healthiest me. I see my most beautiful me. I see my kindest me. You can do a one, two, three if you want. Enchant, enchant, enchant. Because you're putting the energy out there. And the next time you walk up to the mirror, instead of going, oh gosh, I've got another wrinkle. I'm so fat. I got split ends. You're going to go, Oh yeah, I'm beautiful. And that, oh yeah, I'm beautiful is going to make you beautiful to everybody you see. But you want more than that, okay. You want more than that, charm your toothpaste. Yeah, everybody brushes their teeth. You know that toothpaste is almost always some form of mint? Do you know that mint is beautiful and magical? It also is abundant and brings in money. Not that you wanna eat money, but you wanna bring in that beauty and that smile. So whether you're using Crest or Colgate, or you make your own, with every brush of your teeth, enchant your smile. With every brush of your teeth, enchant the words that come out. With every brush of the teeth, bring in love, bring in happiness, bring in everything that you want. You do it every day, usually twice, so why not have it enchanted? The same thing in the shower. Say. We get stuff attached to us all the time. And I don't mean attached like ghosts. I just mean city dirt, anger, angst, everything. And yes, it is wonderful to take a nice leisurely salt bath. But sometimes we have a two-minute shower. Why not throw a small handful of salt in that two-minute shower? You've just turned it into a cleansing shower. Now you want to turn it into a full-on ritual. If you use bar soap, carve your soap. Literally, Get a toothpick, get an ice pick, get something out. Looking for love, carve hearts into your soap. Looking for money, dollar signs into your soap. And you're charging it, you're putting the intent into it. Remember that mind, body, spirit. So when you are washing yourself every day in the shower, even when it wears down, it has been enchanted. This is a love shower. This is a love bath. And if you use liquid soap or your shampoo, Sharpie, permanent pen on the outside of the bottle. Love shampoo. This is new puppy conditioner, whatever. So now I'm not just washing my hair. I am love washing my hair. I am health washing my hair. Every single thing that you do, we have to have that intent. We have to have that awareness and we have to have the little magic. That's the mind, body, spirit. The magic is the carving, is the intent. The rubbing is the washing. The mind is that we're setting our intent to it. So whether we're looking at a psychology-based thing or a magical spiritual-based thing, they're all the same and they work. Now, here's a little thing that's a little weird that I don't usually talk about, probably on the middle of a podcast. 
you're feeling clogged in your forward movement, whether it's beauty or anything else, if you're feeling uh, your road is not open, that you're not going anywhere, and you are in the shower, not in the bath, not on the street, pee on your feet. Pee on your feet. It works. It opens the road. You're going to rinse off anyway. It's going to go down the drain. I'm not saying any other body part to do that with. It is sterile. Um, it's a two, super, super road opener. It's been used in magic forever. Beautiful body parts. Tears are used in magic. But there's something about urine that's both very protective and a road opener. And the other place for salt is the commode. Everybody goes to the bathroom. Every single one of us goes to the bathroom, usually every day. And what is the water? Uh, the, what is the toilet? It is a great big water cauldron. Remember, water is emotion. Water is, again, most of our body, most of our planet is water. It is a great big going the right direction cauldron every time you go to the bathroom. So when you go to the bathroom, before you sit down, a little tiny bit of salt sprinkled into the commode, sprinkled into the toilet, just a little bit, because strangely enough, all of your lower chakras are open when you go to the bathroom. All of them, all those survival, those red, orange, yellow chakras, mm, that just getting through life, not the, they're open when you go to the bathroom. So on your daily release or relief, get rid of stress, get rid of self-doubt, get rid of like, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not old enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not thin enough, my hair's got split ends with every flush of the toilet. These are just some of my glamours. I promise they work. Um, you could charm your blush. You could charm your mascara. You could charm your jewelry and earrings. How many of us wear magic jewelry anyways? Remember that when you're putting it on. Remember that when you're taking it off. Balance through your earrings, which I just knocked off. <laughs> oh no, that was my earpiece. The beauty is inside you. What is inside you comes out and it is honestly stronger than whether you've brushed your hair or not. So be the beauty that you are. Glamour magic, because now we're gonna go do some Hollywood movies. And before we do that though, guess what my favorite movie is? Guess what my favorite witchy movie is? Can you, can you? Three guesses. Yep, Wizard of Oz. Been watching it since I was a little kid. Of course, we all have, we all have. I think we're born watching Wizard of Oz. I, I, I just, I don't remember a lot of my youngest years except for talking to ghosts, but I do remember sitting in front of the TV like this and watching in the, the black and white and then, and then it came in color. And, and this, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful goddess in pink fluffiness came in a great big bubble and I was in love. So maybe that's where I discovered my witchiness. Maybe that's where I discovered arriving in a bubble, which I am still working on. Um, but Wizard of Oz, it's a magical story of magical people, of real people doing magical things. Um, so keep watching Wizard of Oz. This isn't actually an antique Glenda. It's a music box. I have, of course, Barbie Glenda and all sorts of other Glendas. I personally have this dress myself or my version of it. Yes, someday I will put it on for Halloween, perhaps. Um, but this is a beautiful antique one because she's been around a long, 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 long time. So speaking of movies, now let me introduce to you a woman who knows probably more about movies than 
on her little finger than I have in everything, especially about witch movies, magic movies. Let me introduce you to Miss Heather Green. Thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking uh, about this subject, so I'm so excited you want to dive into it and, and talk movies and witches. Let's talk movies and witches, My two of my favorite subjects. I sit in the middle of Hollywood. I live in the middle, been in the industry my entire life. Uh, whenever there's a new witch movie out, it's just yay, or is it, oh gosh, what are they going to do to us? I don't know. So how did this, get, is it just your world collided? You're a writer, you're a journalist. You obviously have this inkling towards the craft. So how, how did this even come about? I think the best, I think you said it best. I mean, my worlds collided because I started practicing witchcraft and tarot and astrology alongside while I was studying film. And I was studying film in, in, in college, in, in undergraduate and then graduate. And at the same time, alongside it, as I said, um, I was also studying personally these other occult practices and getting really into it, joining a group. And um, they weren't, matched up they weren't together at that point and then at one and then i think it was sometime during grad school i was watching some movies and i realized wait a minute what's going on here i have the background i understand the witchcraft um, modalities and the spirituality and here i understand the film modalities and and the art and they they sort of collided on their own and then I went oh there's something here I want to talk about and um, so that happened back um, when I was in college and I the, I can date myself and say it was the 90s and then I kind of put it on aside I put the study on aside because I really wanted to look into this then but um, you know kids life jobs etc so I put the study on side and then and then around 2000 12 and 13, I started noting a trend again in movies and the interest in witchcraft and society was slowly building. And I'm going, wait a minute, we're back. So you had the 90s, it was building. Now we're back in the 2011, 12, 13, it was building again. And I'm like, I need to do my study. I need to, I need to resurrect what I was starting back then. And so I did. And here I am. Um, you know, it took, it took a lot of years, a lot of movie watching, which I can't complain about and um, eventually resulted in a book. And it really was something that was born from my master's degree and my master's study back in the 90s, but then um, resulted in what we have today. Really fun. So tell us a little bit about what the book is. Well, it's a combination. So the subtitle is a critical history. So that's exactly what it is. What, what it does is, is in that, and my question was, how is the witch represented in Hollywood over time? And why does she change? Because the 1920s witch in film is not the same as the 1990s witch. It's not the same as today's witch. Why? Why is she represented differently? And how does that change and what affects that? So that was my questions going in. And then the other side question was, how much of, how much of Hollywood determines what we as as real witches do. So there was a lot of questions going on in my mind. So I started the study. So what it is, is a historical walk through the representation of witchcraft in film. So it's, it's witches, every witch film that I, well, you can't say every witch film because I don't, <laughs> I can't capture everyone, but it's a, a walk through time from the beginning of Hollywood to now. Um, capturing the witch films along the way and how looking at how, what they look like, looking at what the witch looks like physically. What is she, how is she dressed? What age is she? 
And also, what is she doing? Is she the bad guy? Is she the good good guy? Um, is, where's her magic come from? That's a big piece. And why does she change? What are the politics? What are the, um, you know, what's the gender gender politics going on? How are women treated? What's How is religion affecting it? So it's a lot of pieces. And so I just kind of analyze that. So it's my input as well as, um, as well as just history, film history, witch history, history. I talk about craft history as well. It's a lot of stuff. What are some of your favorite witch movies? Or do you think that whether they're your favorite because they do represent us or they're their favorite because they ridiculously don't? Well, you know, that's a hard question for someone who's who's studied film so much is what's your favorite movie? I get asked that all the time. Um, and I'm like, I always say The Wizard of Oz because I love The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I don't even say I'm a white witch. I'm a purple witch. I'm, I'm a good witch. I have the Glenda costume. Yeah. I have the big pink dress. There's Glendas all over my office. I my love favorite that. Movie. I love you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, it, and it is. And, you know, I, and, and, and someone recently asked me about that. And it's, it's not that, um, you know, the Wizard of Oz didn't get me interested in witchcraft. But it got me interested in film. It also just captured my imagination towards magic and what could be. And I mean, even the Wicked Witch, and I talk about that in the intro of the book, is that the Wicked Witch fascinated me. She was scary, but she was like powerful, you know? And as a little girl, you're like, oh, she's scary, but wait, you know, she flies on a broom and commands powerful monkeys. How cool is that? So, um, so yeah, so that was, that is always what I say my favorite movie is. Um, I think m the craft, um, is it's not a perfect film and I know people love it and I hate to say that. And I, I personally love it too, but it's a very important film for witches It's w the witchcraft community in reality, as well as Hollywood, witches, the representation, it's a very key film. And I think I was of the age at that point where that film sort of, um, inspired me more into occult and magic. So that's another important film. But along the way, there's a lot of asking you know, what other films, you know, are my favorite. Um, and I think there are key films along the way in the, in the looking at witchcraft films. There's a, lo a lot of films that are key um, that every witch needs to watch for one reason or another. You know, whether you like them or not, they're just good, either good movies or just historic, good historical American films about witchcraft. One would be I Married a Witch. Um, and I think it's 1942. Um, it's a really good slapstick comedy. It does not portray witches the way witches are, but it's a fun movie and it's a classic Hollywood picture. Um, Bell Book and Camera. I'm sorry, that's, that's your <laughs> <Bell> book. book. <laughs> that was my the title of my book. Bell Book and um, Bell Book and Candle is another classic Hollywood golden era movie. Um, it has a lot of subtext. It's really important. It's a great movie to watch. Jimmy Stewart is always fantastic. So just to watch it for him and Kim Novak and actually the other characters as well. Really great, Jack Levin, excellent. Um, so those are two older films that are key on the um, spectrum. Rosemary's Baby. Um, mm -hmm. Again, this is not a film that you're gonna say, hey, this is gonna connect me to the craft, you know, the craft, it's a true representation, absolutely not. But it, in, in the terms of watching, Amer wanting to watch some American witch films that are just key points, Rosemary's Baby, you gotta watch it. It's brilliant. Carrie, brilliant, brilliant cinema, okay? Um, 
And then more recently, The Craft, I mentioned that one. Um, and there's been a remake, um, which is interesting and very timely. So I definitely recommend if you like The Craft, watch The Craft Legacy. It's a different type of film. It won't have the same impact, but it's very current. Um, what else? Blair Witch Project, another one. Um, again, not a great representation of us, um, but a very important <laughs> film, Practical Magic. Yes. Absolutely. A lot of a lot of witches like Hocus Pocus. I am not a fan of Hocus Pocus personally as a film, but that's another sort of a key like tourist point on on the path of witch films. We just, well, before the pandemic hit, um, there's a cemetery right in the middle of Hollywood, a beautiful old cemetery that's been fixed up, and they do movies on the lawn oh. um, at night. It's, it's great. It's it, They've turned it into this amazing place from a rundown. Old movie stars, regular people, new. Um, and once a year they do, and all night, all, you watch movies until sun, sunrise. So it's great to get to be at a cemetery, and their witch night um, which was the last one I went to before the whole pandemic. It was The Craft, it was Practical Magic, and it was Witches of Eastwick. I forget yeah. which one it was, as the sun was coming up, but it was great. 3,000 people on the lawn of a cemetery watching three different witch movies. That's so fun. I totally forgot about Witches of Eastwick. That's, you see, there's so many, isn't it? And that one is called Jack Nicholson in that film is brilliant. And um, it is, it is, a, that's a, another great, it's, I, I, these are like the tourist points. Like I said, you, it's the quick stops. You got to watch these films. And there are a lot of others, but these are the, these are the big ones. The big ones, you just got to just check them out, you know, Impressive. and they're fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of those were influential to me, though. I was kind of like not born into this, like my parents did or my mom did it, but just this calling towards it. But all those movies that you mentioned, well, not the way old ones, the 40s ones, I don't even think I've seen those, um, but were so influential to me, the good and the bad, and oh, the bad witch, you know, the good witch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and that and that comes out in all of them. There's a, there's, there's, and that's what I discuss in my book, is like, yes, she's bad, but she didn't always have that influence on people. There's people that looked at these, some of these bad witches and said, hmm, she's got power. You know, it's kind of like, um, what do you call it? Um, the Wicked Queen from Snow White. I'm, I talk about her in my book. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's evil, but she's powerful. You know, and so there's this love-hate relationship we have with some of the bad witches. Right. That is true. So how much do you think getting into like gender stuff and uh, we don't see very many boy witches, do we? We and don't. Um, there aren't that many, but they do exist. Um, and and we have Jack Lyman and Bill Book and Candle, who is, and, and in my study, I have a, um, I talk about witches versus wizards. So I'm not talking about wizards. That's a totally different type of character. I'm talking about specifically men called witches. And so Jack Lemon was good, was one. And of course, one of the earliest ones, there actually was one in a silent film, which is shocking. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, and um, I married a witch has her father, he's a witch. And so he's there too. So you get a few in the older films, but you don't start to see them until you get a few in the eighties, in the early eighties, but you don't start to see them really until now. Into the last 10 years is when you start to see more and more of them. And because I think the gender lines with witchcraft start to blend by mid 2000s. So you have the movie, The Covenant, which is one of the striking, I think Harry Potter also, the Harry Potter series, 
also kind of push that button or push that envelope. But you have the Covenant, which is really more like a um, more like a Twilight series film. But the instead of being vampires, the the boys are um, witches. Um, it was not a very successful film. But then you start to see changes. You start to see more and more male witches in after two thousand ten. Yeah, because I haven't I hadn't thought about that until I get oh this book yes let's see what we look like you know when they come out I look at it and what it is, um, so do you think like I have worked not from the witchy perspective but from the the horror and the paranormal my more ghosty world than my witchy world I've sat down with a film going oh, for a horror film no you can't say that because that those words will open a thing and that's let's change that you don't want to be one of those cur- cur- cursed horror films do you so do you think it would behoove them to have more like like you on the set or me on the set somebody giving that or it doesn't even matter if there's any authenticity to it I think if there's authenticity I absolutely think they should have a witch expert which would be a witch you know on it witch for a lot witch. of reasons <laughs> not only for what you're talking about uh, authenticity in terms of representation of modern witches, that's first and foremost, you know. But then second, yes, absolutely. Um, I think um, they had, they actually did that with the craft legacy, where when they did a spell on the set, they actually um, had, uh, I believe it was three witches come on and open the circles and open <laughs> and open the process and then close it. So that way they didn't, leave portals open or that's that's more of a ghost term but they didn't leave energy unchecked and so they did do that on the craft legacy which i you know there's a lot there's been a lot of modern witches who have influenced films in fact alistair crowley was notably on a film in the silent error or or influenced it in some way the exact the exact amount he influenced it we're not sure but um (laughs) But there, there has been, however, not in the way you're talking about. And I think that is, in, it is an important point. If you're going to get legit with the practice, you need to get legit with the practice in all ways, including making sure your spells don't, you don't summon a demon. You know, exactly. Right? <laughs> that's what I because energy, spirits, whatever heck you want to call them, don't know the difference in a script written on a piece of paper when an actor is saying it to the difference. I think that's what has happened in some, again, I've been experienced more of the horror film. It's like, you know, and all the actors got in a car accident, all of this. I just did a thing with, with, with some YouTubers opening up a Dybbuk box on the roof of the Cecil Hotel, and I, I had to do so much work beforehand and afterhand, and I'm giving them things, and and still they've had to deal with a little bit of stuff. It's like, yeah. So Hollywood didn't always know that. So no, I and you know, it's what's really funny is they they say that Rosemary's Baby was a cursed film, and I and they didn't really use, um, they didn't have. I don't believe it wasn't recorded that they used any type of. Um, professionals in that one um, and it was the night it was 1969 so you know things were different then but um, but that supposedly there was a curse on that film and practical magic supposedly was cursed but for a different reason apparently rumor has it that the that the witch who was consulting got angry at the director and the producers and cursed the film that's what the director says whether that actually happened i have no idea <laughs> but but it is a legit concern and you know whether you're doing a horror film like the conjuring or the conjurer those kind of films or whether you're doing the craft 
or Sabrina, um, there's a lot of reasons to have a witch on. And I definitely support that. I think every, every witch production needs to have a legitimate witch on board. Well, what I like a, a, a part of about witches in films is what I think our whole world, which why I'm liking this new trend back into witchcraft and is, is the mysticism. There's no mysticism left in our modern Western world. The magic is gone. And I even think getting into that ghosty paranormal world, that's for people who maybe don't want spirituality or witchcraft, but oh, we're looking at the other side. And then all these people that I've worked with now Oh, and you're which, and they're discovering this whole other side of things. Um, so again, we need mysticism in the world. We need magic in the world. So how does magic work within the world of witches and movies and things like that, or different kinds of spells? Yeah. So you know, I agree with you. First of all, I, I love that you said that. Um, and I th and I definitely think part of the current search for witchcraft just outside of movies, I'm we're just talking in general now, I think people are searching for not only, um, not only that um, re-enchantment of their life, the mysticism like you're talking about, but also roots. I think people are looking to their roots because I find that currently, and this is totally outside of movies, but it actually is reflected in movies, which is what I, I absolutely love about movies the most is they reflect what we're doing. Um, is that people are searching for their roots and, and that shows up in magic, that shows up in witchcraft because people aren't just saying, well, I'm gonna be Wiccan or you know, I'm just gonna be Druid. That's the way it used to be in the 60s and 70s. There was no other option. Now people are saying, wait a minute, I wanna go back and look where, um, look at what I'm connected to in some kind of, um, you know, different kinds of practices like pe uh, people are looking at voodoo and vodun and, um, other folk practices, British folk practices. And, and I've talked to so many people around the world and they're really just trying to dig out the magic that once was there, like you're talking about, right? So it's not just about Wicca anymore. It's about all these wonderful practices that have, have sort of been laying under the ground and now they're growing their little seeds up and, and all these practices are coming up. So that's nice. And you see that in magic. And I think that's one of the reasons we see more male witches. We see more intersection of um, gender. We see more more representation of um, people of color in magic in films because we're seeing we're seeing this search for um, something that once was that's that was buried and now it's coming back. It's that mysticism and the enchantment and all that fun stuff. So, so yeah. So I see that in movies, but um, in terms of magic, the interesting part is that there's three types of magical practices that Hollywood represents. Just, this is getting back to history. So um, <laughs> so Hollywood has, and this is very general, of course, people will say, oh, there's an exception. But generally speaking, you have witches in fantasy who just are magical. It's fantasy, this is magic. You know, that's like the Wicked Witch of the West. That's like Glinda, you know, it's like magic just exists, okay? No explanation whatsoever. Then you have witches who live in the real world but have somehow inherited a practice physically. There's some, there's something, and that would be like Carrie. She was able, she was telekinesis, um, uh, Spitfire with Catherine Hepburn. She was a faith healer. They're usually faith healers of some sort, but some way they've inherited this magical ability. It's biological, okay, let's say. So you might say Sabrina is kind of like that, but that's more fantasy. So she's just exists. So, so these, these, witches that have a biological power, it's usually ascribed to either 
a, a divine source. Um, there's a great movie called Resurrection um, where it's an accident that gives her her healing power. So there's that type of magic. And then the third type of magic is the satanic ceremonial kind. That's the kind you learn. So a witch is not a witch. And then she gets pissed off because a boyfriend <laughs> dumps her or, um, you know, she's been shunned in some way. And it's usually caused by a man. Honestly, most of these narratives, the witch gets pissed off because the woman gets pissed off because some man has shunned her in some way. Right. Um, justifiably or not justifiably. It depends on the narrative. But she gets pissed off. And then she goes to another witch, a crone usually, and she says, I got to learn magic to get revenge. So she learns magic. Um, now, that's one form of learning magic, but it's ceremonial. It's not something biological. It's something you learn to do. OK, you, you learn to get your power. So example, a great example of that is a Twilight Zone episode called Jess Bell, which I absolutely love, where um, this young girl wants she's a poor young girl from a farm wants to marry this rich guy. He totally plays around with her and then decides he's going to marry the rich girl. So she's pissed. So she goes to the mountain witch, Crone, who makes her, who she sacrifices her soul, says, you can have my soul, just give me the power to win this guy over. Well, that happens, you know. So this is Twilight Zone, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite show as a kid. So. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so it's, it's Twilight Zone so fun. So she gets her power, becomes her becomes a witch. So that's the other type of witchcraft. It's a learned witchcraft. You see that in horror films. The scorned witch also appears. The learned witch also appears in a lot of paranormal witch films, ghost witch films is what I call. So it's it's the witch who was hung because they thought she was a witch. It's the witch who was um, the classic witch who um, was scorned by some other man, had a baby, and then, you know, then the man didn't want anything to do with it so she gets pissed off she's killed so as a ghost she comes back so that kind of that kind of witchcraft is all learned so you have you have the learned witchcraft you have the one that's given by divine intervention and then you have fantasy witches who just are you know who just those are, are yeah so there's different types of ways people hollywood represents the way magic is and that's and that's power you know their power a woman's power I, I I love that because I've never thought about that, what the kinds are. So that's what it is power, which is great, empowering, because the thing about if you're going a pagan path, a witchcraft path, a wicked path, you are taking your power into your own hands. Somebody mm -hmm. else isn't going to forgive you. So it's not whatever you're going to do. It's, it's you take a responsibility and you have power, which is which is great that people are discovering that women are discovering it and even men for that pattern. But but well, I'm stuck for a minute. The fantasy thing that it's not real i don't get to i've been working on showing up in a bubble <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you master that when you master that please call me because i okay, want to I will. see it <laughs> i i will because it's like yeah the broom i got a broom that's a different kind of travel but the bubble thing i was working on <laughs> right that's a fact you know i've been working on the nose magic yeah. from bewitch i mean yeah. like since i was a kid i'm like come on i can do this thing i can do, 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 do. <laughs> me too I, that's so hysterical it, it's th oh, thank you um anyway so this book tell us a little bit about the book and when it comes out and where everybody can get it and where they can find you okay so that's that's easy so lights camera witchcraft is um it's going to be out in october um around october 8th is when it should start um appearing although it can be pre-ordered now on amazon um and other sites like that and and also it's being published by llewellyn um 
and you can get it on their site as well. But it'll be out in October um, officially. And um, where you can find me, um, I'm on Twitter, MiraSelena01. Um, so you can find me there and I'm, I'm tweeting left and, you know, left and right about witchcraft and movies and the witchcraft community and other, and other good stuff you tweet about. And, and I have a, do have a Facebook page and it's generally public, although it's not a super public, I do have a, a Facebook author page as well. So I'm there and I'm on Instagram and I'm on all the, I'm on all the places. I'm not as good at keeping up with all of the social media because it's there's so hard. many of them. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, but generally if you, it, the best place to find me regularly is probably Twitter. Start there. Um, and then I'm going to try to do better with the other social medias. Okay. I know. I say that every day. It's like, okay. Right. Um, so, okay. If you can, uh, I have the most beautiful people who listened and watched my podcast and things. And you obviously are this beautiful, be- beautiful energy, by the way. I can see your power. I can see your ability. It's like, oh, oh so she's sweet. good. No, I can. So what would your, any, any words of wisdom or suggestions for anybody that they could take away with them? You know, yes, we're going to read your book. And yes, we all watch witches and movies. But your personal thoughts that you would like to give my people? Be yourself um, and trust your instincts, first of all. And if you're just getting into witchcraft, you know, the, the really the key part about magic and, and, and magic comes in many forms, not just, we don't all call all magics witchcraft, but yeah. any type of magic is is in you. You don't need a specific type of uh, knife. You don't need a specific type of bowl. Um, it all starts from right in here. You feel it. And that power is your power. And nobody can take that away. The only person who can take that away is you. And so you find that, and and getting back to movies, one of the things you said earlier, and one of the things that gets back to this is that it's personal responsibility. The power is yours Mm -hmm. to let go and not use or use. And you can let it blow and you can, you can explore it and just explore it and have fun and try different. There's so many ways to magic. There's so many ways to witch, as, as someone would say, there's so many ways to be a witch. You don't have to wear certain clothes. You don't have to have certain tools. And, you know, it took me a long time personally to understand that. I thought I had to dress a certain way. I thought (laughs) I had to have certain tools and attend certain festivals. And yeah, that's all well and good when you're traveling and exploring, do it, do it all, whatever you can do. But if you can't do certain things or don't want to do certain things, it's no big deal because witchcraft and magic comes from in here first. It's in us. It's in our blood. It's in our, it's in our soul. It's in our spirit. That's number one. That's your first tool. It's your first place to start. And you are beautiful. That is some of the wisest words of wisdom and empowerment we've gotten. So thank you. for that. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I've, I have lots of other questions, but I'll, can I have you back? That's my, you know, Absolutely. I would this love was so much when, fun. When your book comes out, we could have you and talk about it again, and we could even discuss it a little bit more. It would be great. Um, and you guys find your magic. Magic is everywhere. So everybody, thank you, Heather Green. Uh, the book, Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. And uh, thank you for visiting the Witching Hour. 